0: listening to Extra Innings presented by Next Level Training Center on the Sports Objective. Join us every Sunday night on Facebook Live and our YouTube channel as we talk East Carolina baseball. ECU play-by-play voice Corey Glor and others will join us as we look back at the previous week and take a look at what's ahead. Now, let's talk Pirate baseball.
1: Welcome in to Extra Innings, right here, a special edition, the Super Regional Edition, uh, game one. Pirates go down to Hawkins Field, two to nothing against the Vanderbilt Commodores and Vandy Boys. Nothing to be ashamed of. A huge day, right, uh, Bubba, for the Pirates, uh, but it came up a little bit short.
0: Yeah, obviously East Carolina left everything on the field, but this game was everything I thought it would be. And then some, you know, in terms of the pitching performances by Rocker and Williams, um, obviously a lot of folks knew about both of those uh, guys around the country. Um, Obviously more Rocker. But uh, if anybody did not know about Gavin Williams before today, um, they certainly see that, you know, why he's so uh, highly regarded and, um, you know, Vandy head coach Tim Corbin had nothing but glowing remarks uh, about both of them in the post game.
1: No doubt about it, Bubba. Very excited to have our first guest. We've got a huge show lined up. I always say that, but today is uh, big and very happy to have the guy on, right?
0: Yeah, I'm very appreciative. Um, the first of many guests over the next hour or so, Robbie Weinstein of Vandy 24 7. Robbie, how are you? I'm good, guys.
2: Uh, that was definitely um, a very fun game to cover. I think pretty memorable. Uh, I, Tim Corbin said after the game, you kind of alluded to it, that thinks a lot of people who were there at that game are going to look back, you know, five years from now when Gavin Williams and Kumar Rocker, are, you know, in the majors and, and, you know, think like, Oh, remember that game where those guys really kind of battled it out? Uh, it, just really great baseball. And I, I kind of came away from that, not understanding how ESPN, I think has well, Williams ranked like in the sixties. I mean, he looked like a first rounder to me.
1: No question, and uh, and obviously Robbie, he could have gone last year, maybe late, um, but he came back for this stage, for this very moment. I mean, he's a competitor, and I'm happy for him because uh, someone that's followed him since he committed to East Carolina, and many other Pirate fans and, and Pirate Nation. It's a guy that unfortunately has had some a little bit of the injury bug, um, and he wanted to come back and and get his shot. And I think uh, I know he's ten and one, but uh, it's a disappointing. A uh, game for him because he pitched his mind out. He pitched so great, and and uh, but credit to uh, Rocker and obviously the pitching staff because I think it was just a few hits for East Carolina, a team that's uh, batting three hundred and has a whole uh, a lot of runs coming in today. But you have to tip your hat to to Vandy today for not allowing a run against the Pirates.
2: Yeah, I, I think you know um, Vanderbilt's roster. You know they have their fair share of holes you know fewer than most teams but they are sort of built I think like fans who were maybe nervous about the postseason they were more nervous about regionals than supers because uh you, you know when you're in a super regional all you have to do is win rockers start and win lighter start and you win uh whereas in regionals they have to go beyond those two guys and then you know if they advance to Omaha we don't know yet uh in the you know sort of the the first portion of that of the college World Series, you know, you need a third starter. And so uh, this, you know, I think ECU, I was impressed by them today. Uh, I I think everyone knows that they're a very high quality team. And um, yeah, I just kind of think they ran into a buzzsaw today, particularly with it being Rocker's last start at home in his career. Uh, I kind of foresaw something like this coming. um, And, you know, Williams certainly did his best. He's he might be the best pitcher that Vanderbilt has faced this season. Patrick Wicklander from Arkansas and Doug Hazy from Ole Miss would also be up there, but uh, they had lots of trouble with him and it was just kind of, you know, the ball bounced their way uh, once or twice.
1: No question about it. And looking at uh, as far as lighter tomorrow, one question I had for you, when you hear about the, if there's somehow the Pirates can win tomorrow, Uh, You even heard the ESPN announcers have talked about it for game three. I know that our announcers, too, on the radio with uh, Corey Glor, the play by play voice. And, of course, our wonderful uh, sports information director. I think the world of Malcolm Gray, who does an excellent job for uh, the media for many years, a local guy. And then obviously been a pirate, uh, went to East Carolina. He's followed the program for many, many years as well. But as far as the third pitcher, um, I know there's been a lot of talk about that. Who would you start uh, if there is a game three? I hear about Lighter obviously with game two, but if there's a third a, a game three, who would you start?
2: Yeah, that'll be an interesting decision. Um, I I don't know who I would start uh, either. It's going to come down to Patrick Riley or Christian Little. They're both freshmen. And Riley, I think, is more uh, polished, probably has a longer track record. But his issue is that his first innings are always a disaster, pretty much. Uh, I think he allowed three runs in the first inning against Georgia Tech in his last outing. And, you know, he always pretty much, if he can get out of the first inning, he settles down really quickly. Uh, He has a great fastball with a really high spin rate that gets up to 95 to 97. But um, he just, you know, I mean, if it got to that point, you know, they would have to have a quick hook with him, and ECU would probably hit him right away. Uh, Christian Little would be the other option. He's only 17 years old. He, If he hadn't come to – so he was like a mid-year enrollee. If he hadn't come to school, he would have been probably a top 10 pick in the draft this year or, you know, um, three years from now or two years from now. I think he's eligible for 2023 – you know, he's considered a top prospect. He's pitched really well down the stretch. He he uh, played really well against Ole Miss at the SEC tournament. He had a pretty good start at Louisville where they left him in the game too long and he got hit late. So it would come down to those guys. I'm sort of not sure. Maybe I would lean Riley if I were making the decision because he's got more experience pitching against top teams, whereas Little was the midweek starter. Uh, and so most of the season he's been going against, you know, much, much weaker competition than this.
0: Yeah, going back to that Vandy lineup, you look at Bradfield Jr. and then Vaz. I mean, I will tell you what, and I couldn't believe it when I heard that Vaz had you know had only started just a handful of games, and he's really emerged. I think maybe his first start came in the regional. Is that correct?
2: Um, he, you know, he may have started like a midweek game or something like that. But yeah, he he was he's like a JUCO transfer, and he was kind of set to battle it battled out for the starting second base job coming into the season. He, he did not win that job. He basically didn't play early in the season, even though, you know, I think that says more about Vandy's infield depth probably than, than uh, about him.
0: Winning and, the Lego um, guy.
2: Yeah. He's, uh, he's been, he's been a pleasant surprise, I would say. And, uh, uh, you know, I think defensively he really adds a lot in left field because they don't have any other good defensive left fielders, but, uh, he was he was pretty big today. Him and C.J. Rodriguez, the catcher who, you know, these are two guys who are not among Bandy's most proven hitters. But, um, you know, I maybe they were due. I don't know.
0: Yeah. When we had talked to Kevin Ingram, uh, obviously the radio play by play voice yeah. and the guy who's been around the program for years. And one of the things he pointed out, he said, I know his numbers don't jump off the page, and, you know, batting two forty two. Maybe it's more like two fifty or sixty, but anyway c j Rodriguez's numbers don't jump off the page at you but but uh he certainly came up big today and uh, it's one of those situations where the batting average doesn't tell the story yeah right.
2: yeah that would have been i I completely agree with Kevin I think his batting average is misleading he's one of the better contact hitters on the team, and um he's been you know he he has been behind the plate so often that I think he's he's kind of banged up, and I think that affects him at the plate a little bit but um. He, yeah, I I mean, it's almost like his batting average got down to 250, and I almost expect him to start hitting more because I think it's going to, I think he's more of a 270, 280 hitter at least. And I feel like it's going to come back up there at some point. But I I think we also saw that he, um, you know, probably the best aspect of his game is he's a really good pitch framer and really good defensive catcher in terms of uh, throwing guys out. And he got, uh, he got, was it, uh, who tried to steal the bit? Was it Norby? Yeah,
0: Yeah, Connor Connor Norby. Norby. Yeah. Yeah, when he he let off the the fourth of that walk and then he got caught stealing.
2: That was a big play in the game. And I think I saw somebody tweet this and I think it was accurate that, you know, it had rained earlier and um, the turf can get slick. And so if you are not used to, I don't know if ECU has a turf field or not, but no. Okay. So, yeah, if you're not used to playing on turf turf field, you know, you can overslide basically, uh, especially when it's wet. And that probably played a role there.
1: Yeah, Coach the- Godwin said in post game that he didn't get a good jump. Uh, I was wondering yeah, that- because of the fact that that you know we knew coming into this game, it's not like that East Carolina fans thought that we were going to score a whole bunch of runs. So yeah. every single base runner, every single, and it's not that East Carolina players or coaches took it for granted either. Uh, they they were trying to make something happen. He didn't get a good jump. Instead of going back to first, he tries to go to second, and every single like I was telling the fans, uh, people that I know. Um, if if you make a mistake, Vandy's going to make you pay for it. And, you know, it, it's like that in any game, but especially when you're looking at a number four seed in the country uh, and you're playing on, it's a huge advantage to have, be on Hawkins Field, your home field, you have your home crowd. Uh, you need to make every single, if you're a away team, you, any game, but especially on a super regional stage, you need to make every kind of advantage you can. And East Carolina couldn't do it today.
2: Yeah, I think um, somebody asked a good question in the game about whether Cliff Godwin thought that maybe they just kind of needed a home run because they weren't able to string hits together. And, you know, he the way he answered it was that he felt like they needed a double into the gap and score someone from first, which is fair. But, you know, I think looking ahead to tomorrow, uh, Jack Leiter gives up a lot of home runs. Uh, I think, you know, uh, I can't remember. I mean, he's given up only two doubles all year, no triples, and like 15 home runs. So, uh, as good as he has been this season you can like if you're going to hit him uh it's going to you know the ball's going to go really far and you can hit it in the stands and so that's you know i think if ecu is going to get that game tomorrow i think that's what they they need to do not that you necessarily focus on hitting home runs but that would be what i, I mean i think that's how they're going to score tomorrow if they are going to do that
0: yeah, in a pitcher's duel like that, everything is magnified. You know, uh, there were a couple of pass balls in uh, East Carolina, at least one of them, if not both, were able to work their way around. And, uh, you know, and, and Seth Cadell played a tremendous game behind the plate and, you know, blocking it up on uh, some breaking balls in the dirt and did a solid job, as he has all season. But, you know, going back to uh, the, the speed in that Vandy lineup, uh, particularly Bradfield Jr., you know, he got on. And uh, the the play at the plate that was reviewed, uh, obviously a huge play in the game that made it a two run game, um, takes it where one swing can't just tie it. And, um, you know, as soon as I saw the replay, he was undoubtedly safe.
2: Yeah, you know, it was such a close play. I thought live, um, I thought he got his hand in there and uh, that did turn out to be the case. I certainly understand if you're ECU in that situation – Uh, you know, you wonder if, or maybe you're frustrated if you don't feel like it was completely indisputable. But yeah, I think he was probably safe. That was a huge play because uh, Vandy, it's really not just lighter. It's basically everybody except for Rocker has given up quite a few home runs this season. I think they're maybe 12th in the SEC in terms of home runs allowed. They really give up a lot. And so if you go into that ninth inning uh, up 1-0 over ECU, I don't think anybody in that crowd or any Vanderbilt fans watching at home would have felt comfortable, especially with uh, I think three, four, five in the lineup coming up for ECU in the ninth. So that was, I mean, that was a huge play in the game for sure because we're up two zero. That's, that's really completely different uh, in that uh, uh, Vandy does, you know, Vandy can give up a solo homer at any point. And, and so that was kind of the game right there.
1: No question about it. Robbie with, uh, Looking ahead uh, to tomorrow with uh, the – how is the weather going to be? Have you heard there for – I know it's a noon start again on uh, ESPN2 tomorrow. Uh Obviously, that's – I know for you guys, that's some of the Vandy fans were upset of getting that time slot. How did you feel about the time slot being 11 a.m. Central for, for not only Friday but Saturday?
2: Uh I didn't – I mean – I'll say this. I wasn't like a huge fan of the 11 a.m. start, but it's better than what happened on Sunday against Georgia Tech where the game ended at one ten a.m. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah you hey, got, we, we were right there with you in the Greenville Regional uh, yeah. because of a, I guess, two-and-a-half-hour rain delay. Um, that game started at uh, in about 8.35, and it was a, a four-plus-hour ball game at that, so it finished up yeah. right there about 1 a.m.
1: Yeah, it,
2: it looks like it's gonna be sunny tomorrow. It will be pretty hot. Um, but uh no rain in the forecast, so that's good.
1: Good. Hey, we love that. We're we're not used to that when it comes to uh, playoff baseball in Greenville for sure. But hey Robbie, before we let you go, how can we how can fans find your site and appreciate your your time here on the show and certainly appreciate your work on 24-7 sports?
2: Yeah, uh Vandy247.com is how you can find it. I'll have coverage throughout Supers and definitely, you know, I'm sure you guys are familiar with uh, Steven Igo, if that's oh, yeah. his name. Yeah, and, and yeah. Hoist the Colors. He does great work over there. So uh, check that out as well.
1: Big fan and a, a friend of the show. Appreciate him and uh, appreciate you too. Thank you so much, bud.
2: Yeah, Thanks for having me, guys.
1: No doubt about it. Uh, our continuing coverage of the Nashville Super Regional. Very happy, uh, very honored to have our, our, our former Pirate. And uh, certainly, uh, Bubba, we love this guy too.
0: Absolutely. Uh, welcome into the show, Eric Backage and Coach, how are you?
3: I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it.
1: Uh, no doubt you were here two years ago, obviously, with uh, Super Regionals and then on to uh, a, a huge uh, – oh, my, my goodness. Uh, how does it feel to uh, watch Cliff now? And uh, you know, of course, Co- Coach Corbin very well. Uh, I know – is that hard to see two friends going at it? Uh, and uh, here in 21.
3: No, it's great. You know, it's uh, it's it's great to see your friends and, and the people you care about have so much success. And it's no surprise uh, that CG is leading these pirates uh, to the brink of Omaha and just, uh, you know, uh, obviously Coach Corbin's success. He's the, you know, the Nick Saban of college baseball. Uh, so it'd be great. It'd be great to see the pirates for as, as a pirate alum and a guy who still bleeds purple and gold to see the Pirates get to Omaha. What,
1: what was your thoughts on? Go ahead, Dave. I'm, I'm sorry. I just had a quick question. Uh, obviously, we think a lot of Coach Godwin. We think a lot of the team. And with uh, Gavin Williams play out of his mind today, I just want to get your thoughts as uh, not only a former pirate, but obviously someone that knows the game a lot better than I ever will know. Uh, what did you think about Gavin Williams' to start today?
3: Well, you just you knew it was going to be a low-scoring affair with two first-rounders going against each other, and that's it, it. The game lived up to its billing. I mean, those are those are going to be two guys that are going to go in the first round, two premium-level college prospects. Is as, as good of a pitching matchup as, as you could ask for, and you know to see, um, you know, the difference in the game just came down to a bunt and then a, a hit with a double, and then they score on a on an, on a ground ball. I mean, you know, and that was all that Kumar rocker needed. Um, you know, that guy's tough to face. It doesn't matter. Uh, and he just, he has another gear and another level in the postseason. And it's tough to game plan against that guy when, you know, you go on, go in sitting on one pitch and then he's throwing all of his pitches for strikes. Uh, and it's tough sledding to face a guy like Gavin as well, who's sitting in the upper nineties and throwing strikes with multiple pitches, multiple breaking balls. Um, so it was going to come down to a a play, a a pitch, um, you know, and I, I thought both teams competed really, really well. And, uh, you know, Vanderbilt just got more guys, to third base to try to, you know, to get the scoring going, but I I would not, I would never, ever, ever put it past the pirates to score tomorrow, um, with a good left-hander going. Uh, so I guess we'll see what happens, but, um, but I, I think the pirates will bounce back.
0: Hey, Coach, one of the things that Ben McDonald, a former LSU star, and obviously went on to
3: a nice career uh, in the
0: professional ranks as well. But, you know, you know, Ben, uh, he was talking during the game just as far as uh, how those guys, um, especially Gavin Williams, uh, you know, held his velocity. Um, rocker threw 117 pitches. Gavin, I want to say, is 111. Uh, and, you know, Gavin, I think his 100th pitch was 97 miles an hour.
3: Yeah, he's a, he's a specimen. I mean, Coach Corbin talked about that. I, I heard about him talking about that. As Of all the SEC pitchers that they faced this year, they did not see somebody that held their velocity deep into the games uh, as much as Gavin did. So, you know, that's just – that is a, a, a premium-level athlete right there. That's a competitor, guy who's got a chance to pitch a long time. Uh, make a career playing this game, and, and Kumar is the same thing. I mean, those, the competitive fibers of those two kids are just special. I mean, what all of us as college baseball enthusiasts and college baseball fans witnessed—just uh, an incredible pitching duel today. Uh, you know, two two guys that may be matched up again in the big leagues because uh, that's what it looks like. It looked like two big leaguers throwing against each other.
1: Coach, I wanted to ask you if you were if you were CG tomorrow. I mean, how do you how do you uh, beat a, a guy like Jack Leiter? I know it's not easy, but is there anything that you're looking for there? I know you guys are like two of the best when it comes to uh, scouting and watching a lot of video and, and, and film, if you will. How do you how do you beat a guy like that?
3: Well, CG will have an awesome game plan. I mean, as it, you know, as coaches, you're you're always trying to reduce a guy's arsenal. If he's got four pitches, you try to reduce him to two pitches or one pitch and just be on that pitch. And uh, when you get it, try not to miss it, you know, and, uh, and the guys will be locked in and CG, you know, he's not going to save anything. He's not going to save any pitchers. He's not going to save any of his plays. He's going to do whatever he has to do to even up this thing. And uh, if he can do that, then, it, you know, anything can happen in, in game three. And um, you know, it's a, the Pirates are an incredible team that they certainly look to be one of the top eight teams in the country. Um, just watching them out there compete and paying attention to what the Pirates do every game every year. Uh, so CGO have the boys ready. There's no doubt about that. They will not be intimidated one bit. Um, you know, they're going to face a hell of a pitcher tomorrow. There's no question. Uh, but they'll be up for the challenge. I know they will.
1: No question about no question about that. As far as uh, looking at the the postseason with the Pirates, I know you guys uh, with Coach LeClaire, How special of a bond is it to have you and you have you think about Brian Ward and Nick, obviously on your staff, but having that 23 is so cool. When I see you guys on television and or even on my phone on ESPN trying to follow you guys, but um, Coach LeClaire, I know he would, he would be so proud of you guys.
3: Yeah. And, and, you know, it was the the privilege and honor of our lives to, to, uh, to wear the pirate uniform. And, you know, we broke down on Omaha cliff and I talked about this the other day, you know, we, every weight room session, every training session, every practice, the team would huddle up and say Omaha. And that's what Omaha was, a, was a, a standard of effort that you gave. It was a, the way you competed. It was the way you went about it. Like CG mentioned the other day, it's just a a way of life you know, as much as it is a destination for the college world series. And that, that belief and in, in that's what coach DeClaire instilled in all of his players. Um, and that's what we are charged to do wearing number 23 is to, uh, inspire all these guys that we get to coach, uh, not only to give that same type of effort and that level of competitiveness, but, uh, create the same type of experience for these guys that we had and uh, nobody's doing a better job of that than Cliff Godwin. And um, that's kind of the, the one driving factor that we're all doing in it to keep, make sure we're we're carrying the torch for coach DeClaire as much as it is about getting to Omaha. It's just about creating that experience that all these players will look back and say that was absolutely priceless. I wouldn't change my experience uh, for all the money in the world. And uh, you know, watching watching all these teams compete, whether it's UCLA or East Carolina or the Michigan Wolverines, I think you know that that's one thing Coach LeClaire would be proud of of the way we're leading our teams is the way he would have wanted us to. Coach, talk
0: about your relationship with uh, Coach Corbin at Vanderbilt. Uh, obviously, that program, and the diehard college baseball fan knows um, that that program had had very little success, only three regionals prior to Coach Corbin's arrival, um, but has been to 16, I guess, I think 15 cents. Um, you know, the, the two national titles and all the success that's come in his tenure. Just talk about those early years on uh, you. Uh, spending several years with him before you moved on and, uh, you know, eventually became a head coach at Maryland. Talk about what it was like getting that Vanderbilt program uh, to what it is today, you know, getting it up and running.
3: Well, I was, I, I was very lucky, you know, extremely fortunate to be in the right place at the right time. And that goes back to Clemson when coach Corbin was an assistant coach and Kevin O'Sullivan was the other assistant coach and Jack Leggett was the head coach. And I was this, you know, 24 year old rookie that didn't know anything uh uh, other than what I experienced as a player for Coach DeClaire, And then to see uh, the other side of it, you know, because Jack Leggett, obviously, and, and Coach DeClaire have such a deep connection and relationship with Coach LeClaire having played for and coached with Coach Leggett. Uh, and then to see that program uh, come to life from a coaching standpoint, to see all the things we learned as players, um, from a coaching standpoint, it just put all the pieces together for me. It's like, ah, that's why we did that. And, ah, that's why we did that. Uh, and then, and then coach Corbin very much had that, that type of blueprint, uh, that he also learned from Jack Leggett, uh, and his connection. He was very close friends with, with coach LeClaire, and then to get to go build Vanderbilt with a, with a similar blueprint in coach Corbin's vision and his, his style, Um, and to get to help him do that and help him, uh, you know, obviously with the recruiting and, and lead that charge for seven years, uh, that was, is very gratifying to be a part of that building process. Anytime you can build something that, and you're doing things for the first time ever that have never been done before. Uh, and, and coach Corbin has continued to grow and evolve. I mean, in my opinion, he's the, you know, he's the, like I mentioned the the Nick Saban of college football, he's just, um he's at a point in his career where he is the growth and the the continual learning and the the way he has built the Vanderbilt program now um you know very much something that you know coach godwin myself uh, coach Ward, coach noble all of us you know uh guys aspire to to lead the, to have programs that type of consistently and perennially at the top of college baseball um but, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a true – was, was he's still a mentor of mine, and it was a privilege to, uh, to be a part of that. Um, and so uh, I guess we'll see, we'll see what happens tomorrow.
1: No question. And, uh, Coach, as far as uh, one of your best friends being Cliff Godwin, uh, he's done a, a really good job, obviously, with uh, – how about three Super Regionals and five attempts? I'm not going to say six years because last year doesn't count. But three Super Regionals, I mean, I think that's half of the program. Uh, the program has six now. He has half of them. Uh, I know that's going to make you feel proud, being somebody that's so close to you.
3: Well, I, I, you know, it's unbelievable what, what Cliff has done with the East Carolina program, just bringing the program. It was all it was always good, but he's made it great. And uh, he is there's an undeniable rising star. That's what I'm saying with, you know, guys like like coach corbin who are 16 years older you know people are going to be talking about cliff godwin 16 years from now the way they're talking about coach corbin right now um i mean he is just he is he is a rising shooting star in this in this profession um and there's no question that you know he's gonna he's gonna knock that door down and uh it may be tomorrow and the next day who knows but It's not a question of if it's a question of when and the reason it that's going to happen and the way it's like that is because of uh the blood that's running through cliff godwin's veins there's not there's not a fiercer competitor on the planet that i have met and uh, somebody that i'm proud to say is one of my best friends and i would want that guy in the same foxhole if we were ever uh you know in the trenches and going to battle he is a special human being a special person an unbelievable competitor but uh, just, just, a, a, has been a tremendous friend for the last 20 plus years. So, uh, very proud of him and, and leading the charge and wearing that number 23. And, um, yeah, his, his friendship has meant the world to me.
1: No doubt about it. Before we let you go coach, what about your program? What do you have coming up? Uh, I assume you have some, uh, summer camps for the kids and other things. If you want to uh, plug what you got coming up this summer
3: oh it's recruiting we're just we're, okay. we, don't, we, we want to be talking about you know still playing this time next year not not recruiting but that's what we're doing now we we're out recruiting we've met with a few prospects on campus today and i'm about to i'm heading to the airport now to um to go to the junior national showcase in georgia uh but i really wish i was doing what coach godwin was doing <laughs>
1: We no doubt good luck to you next season. I know there's never a day off for you guys and your business. Thank you so much for spending some time and, uh, good luck. Like I said, next season, love to have you back on again soon.
3: Anytime. Thanks guys.
1: Appreciate you very much. Thanks guys. All right. Uh, Thank you. Very Very glad to have coach Backage there. Obviously appreciate the job he does, uh, with Michigan and, uh, what a job he's done and look forward to, uh, Good things again for him Uh, right now, Bubba, though, in the present time, we're very proud of uh, the Pirates and a little bit short today, but it was not uh, it was not like two years ago uh, when the Pirates really didn't have a lot left in the tank, so to speak. We've heard that many times with Louisville. I was really proud to see the Pirates the way they played and competed today. It was nothing to be ashamed of as you and I and and Kyle were talking about in our, our group chat during the game.
0: Yeah, like I was telling you um, in the, or like, like I was mentioning to our viewers and listeners in our preview the other night. Um, no matter what happened, win or lose, I knew this team was gonna to leave it all out there. Not that the 2019 team didn't, because they certainly did. But I, I just felt like this game was gonna be very much like those South Carolina games back in the 2004. Super regional, where we—I didn't think there were going to be as many runs necessarily. Um, I think those games were four to two and five to three. Uh, I really felt like um, you know what we saw today is is what we were going to see—that where you're going to have um, the two teams combined for um, five runs or less—and um, that was obviously the case. And um, you know, I felt like we we're probably going to have to win a a two to one or three to two game, and I just couldn't yeah. get enough done offensively. But, um, you know, here uh, here shortly, uh, we're going to have Evan Voliva is supposed to be joining us, and we'll bring him into in the mix here in the next few minutes. Uh,
1: what a great uh, pitcher, and we thank a lot of Evan living now in Greenville, of course, uh, and has a new baby. Appreciate uh, his uh, coming on today. Uh, a lot of fun. He's uh, definitely got a got- great insight on what this pirate program has done over the years, and uh, obviously, we're proud of him for uh, putting on the purple and gold for sure, but is going to be a lot of fun above another noon start. I know that, uh, you know, there's Jack Leiter, but how about Carson Wisenhut? I mean, he's a COVID freshman uh, and a guy that uh, obviously we saw, met his family uh, multiple times last weekend at the Super Regional. They're awesome and uh, certainly uh, his biggest fans. But, you know, um, hopefully Vandy fans will appreciate him tomorrow because the lefty is one of the best we've seen in a while. Uh, no doubt about it. I know that's going to be a a big Here matchup. Are you there, Bubba? I think there's a little bit of lag there, but uh, it's going to be a huge matchup tomorrow. As the Pirates are, uh, the Pirates are going to do really well. I think tomorrow. I think it's going to be a good game. And obviously, win or lose, no matter what happens tomorrow, we're really proud of the team. But I think they have a, a really good chance tomorrow. I really do. Um, but it's got to be uh, ECU baseball mistake, uh, uh, free baseball, obviously. Uh, anytime you play a, against a quality opponent, a Corbin team, uh, you can't make any mistakes. If you make any mistakes, they're going to make you pay. They did today. Um, but certainly, I think tomorrow, uh, we got to see those bats alive tomorrow, right, Bubba?
0: Yeah, um, I think Corey Glore mentioned this as well as others. I mean, you don't have to match them pitch for pitch and just match them out for out and, you know, keep keep yourself uh, in the ball game and, and give yourself a chance like we did today. We obviously had that chance uh, all the way down to the ninth inning and just couldn't quite uh, get those clutch hits, but um, battled our butts off. And, uh, you know, tomorrow um, you know, I haven't seen – jack Leiter a ton this year um one of the times i did see him was against lsu (laughs) he walked the bases loaded i think it was and then yeah he walked the bases loaded then struck out the side so uh, maybe his command uh, will be such tomorrow and uh you know if you walk the bases loaded against the pirates then um you know odds are we're gonna make him pay for it and uh I think that uh, I think the bats will find a way to scratch out some runs tomorrow and hopefully we'll play excellent defense. Once again, uh, air free baseball today, just like Vanderbilt. And, you know, one of one of the things that really stood out and we talked about the game that C.J. Rodriguez had um, one of the hits that he did have. He had already doubled uh, for the game's yeah. first run. And then uh, Rodriguez smoked another one in the left field, and uh, Amac did a tremendous job of getting oh the ball God. in and uh, and holding him to a single.
1: No doubt. And that's the thing is that um, with when you have, like, when earlier when we are talking, when you have a guy like Rocker, it only takes a run or two, right? Um, another thing I want to mention, too, is I'm really proud of the fact that not only did Gavin do well, A.J. Wilson didn't pitch very much, and then you have Colmore come in, so you've got like Backage was saying, Coach Backage was saying earlier. I mean, you're going to have how many? I don't even know how many pitchers are on the staff, but coaches got. I think uh, Hunt, uh will pitch uh, deep, like just like uh, Gavin will. And so you're you're looking. They could uh, Bubba. They could literally do those last handful of outs. They could literally do uh, almost every single pitch or every single out. You could have a different a uh, different pitcher, right?
0: We're in great shape, and we're, we're uh, where you would hope you would be, uh, you know, pitching-wise. After game one, you would hope that Gavin would give you a seven or more, and uh, he did just that. I guess it was what seven and a third, or no, seven and uh, yeah, seven and a third. Yeah. And um, and then, like you mentioned, AJ Wilson came in, and then you know Cam Colmore did what Cam Colmore does, and just found a, found a way to uh, to get outs, and uh, had had his had his stuff working, and uh, you know he had a very low pitch count, and is in great shape to come back tomorrow. Because um, I'm sure we'll, we'll need him to be able to get that must win, and then um, force another must win situation. Um, you know, on Monday, excuse me, Monday,
1: Sunday. No question, man. I'll I tell you what. For, we're for going... some
0: reason, all all day it seemed like a Saturday to me. It,
1: it hasn't hasn't yeah, seemed
0: it like, it hasn't seemed like a Friday.
1: It's it's great to be uh, in our position that we are, and I tell you what, I'm just I'm excited, I'm really excited. I love this matchup. I think that uh, as I told you before, the great thing I love about Coach Godwin, anytime, anywhere, any place, if it's a grocery store parking lot, if it's the one of the best fields in the nation with Hawkins Field, it doesn't matter. He's going to play you, and uh, he, they're going to compete at a huge level. And you know, um, yeah, they fell a little bit short today, two to nothing, but it wasn't like. Uh, what was it, 20-some runs to two, like in Louisville. I mean, it was uh, – th- today was respectable. You want to get a win, but tomorrow we have uh, a lot of pitching. We ha- we still have those bats. They've just got to find a way to come alive. And and also, um, who knows, maybe maybe they'll draw some more walks. Maybe they'll get hit by a pitch, God forbid. But anyway, we can get on base, right, Bubba?
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah you saw that as the game went on today there on um, the first time through the lineup our guys were you know getting used to everything they were seeing when Kumar rocker um pirates went 9 up 9 down and then um you know as as they started to see him a second and third time and you, you you saw guys having better at bats connor norby uh found his way on and then um you know there in the middle innings um, especially in the 5th and 6th um we talked about the situation in the 4th where Norby got uh, caught stealing uh, when he didn't get a good jump. And, um, yeah, yes, he slid past the bag, which uh, Robbie brought up, but um, he was out either way. Um, it really wasn't that close to a play. But uh, in the in the fifth and sixth innings, um, we left a, a couple guys in scoring position, um, in, one in each of those frames, um, I think first and second with two outs in, in each of those innings. And I uh, just unfortunately couldn't get the
1: timely hit. No doubt. I mean, we're, we're going to, we're definitely going to, uh, face one of the best pitchers in the country. But like I said, we have wisdom, we have the players. And, you know, if, uh, if we get the hits, we do. If we don't, we don't. But, uh, there's no question they're going to be well prepared. And we'll just have to see how, how it all plays out. We're waiting on, uh, Evan a uh, former pitcher of the Pirates, uh, to come on any minute now. Uh, if you're just joining us, so Pirates, uh, as you probably know, if you're watching this, uh, the show, uh, go down two to nothing against Vanderbilt and uh, the defending national champion Vanderbilt 2019 champions. And I know they're going to be they're going to be after tomorrow to try to finish the Pirates off. Uh, because if you don't and you play Sunday, Bubba, that's that makes it more pressure probably on Vandy, don't you think?
0: Yeah, um, like Coach Godwin said, um, he said in the post game, um, not the press conference, but uh, something I saw on social media with Brian Bailey of WNCT. Uh, you know, Bailey had some post game remarks with uh, Coach Godwin, and he was just saying, "Hey, look, uh, you know, coming into this, I said that nobody gave us a snowball's chance in hell of winning, and uh, and that's obviously still the case. I mean, you came." You came into this um, needing two wins. We're still in that situation. You knew going in that you're going to have to to win against either Rocker or Lighter, whichever one. And then, and uh, obviously, you hope to win both of those games. But the odds of winning against Rocker and Lighter were very slim. So now yeah. we just got to go beat Lighter and uh, and find a way to uh, get it to uh, Sunday. And then who knows? All bets are off if you get to that third game, uh, especially if uh, you really get a solid start out of Wiz and Hunt tomorrow, and uh, you have all hands
1: on deck, pitching wise,
0: whether it's Colmore, Bridges, or Mayhew, etc.
1: And that's the thing, it Just uh, I I was thinking about that watching in the late innings, I said, my gosh, we have with all those guys that started rattling off a lot of names, just like you mentioned Mayhew, then you got freshmen like uh, Ginn, um, a lot of those guys that maybe they don't know anything about them, or I'm sure I mean, I'm sure they do, but Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm so excited about this matchup uh, tomorrow, Bubba. I know that uh, Pirate fans wanted to win today, but you hold your head up. Uh, 2019 was so – that was one of the things I was thinking about this game is it was so depressing in 2019 to see a great Pirate team. And you knew that they were struggling because of uh, having to win the way they had to win to get out of the regional. And then they get the first game on Friday. had what, like a few days rest, but um they definitely played like a team that was definitely not just happy to be there. They were competing at the highest level. So again, nothing to, to be ashamed of. We'll, we'll definitely uh, move on. And I know that uh, I guess that Evan couldn't make it today, but Bubba uh, looking forward to tomorrow. And I know there's going to be for our good friends uh, with uh, Corey Glore and Malcolm Gray will be on the call again tomorrow radio. Uh, their airtime will be 11:45 Eastern. And then obviously the game will be on ESPN two tomorrow at noon. Again, very excited to be in this position. There's a lot of people would love to be in the position we are with the pirates and good luck to the pirates tomorrow.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm certainly expecting the team to come out the same way they did today, you know, um, play for 27 outs. And I, and, and I, I really, I really like our chances. I, I I felt like today that um, down to that twenty seventh out that um, we were going to find a way to get it done. Particularly there in the middle innings, you know, when we, even though we missed an opportunity or two offensively, we got at least two, maybe three clutch double plays. Um, and you know, when that ball deflected off Gavin's glove and, and led to the one four three double play with uh, Connor Norby, um, when we got out of a couple of those situations where Vandy had first and third with uh, either, I think it was one out and then a uh, runner on second with no outs yeah. and we got out of that without them scratching. Yeah. I was like, hey, we're going to find a way to win. Um, that was, I was hoping that, that was going to be the break that went in our favor kind of like out in Lubbock back yeah. in 2016 when the ball hit the mound and ricocheted yeah. to second base and kept yeah. us from going to Omaha that time. I thought uh, hey, may- maybe uh, we're going to find a way to get it done today and I, I truly believe that down to the final out, but What's done is done. Um, We just got to come out tomorrow and uh, take care of business. And uh, hopefully we'll find a way to scratch across a a few runs early and, you know, give Carson – give Carson a little bit of a a cushion. And, uh, you know, it's going to be one of those games where everything's magnified. I really believe it. Uh, I I would be very surprised if it's lopsided either way tomorrow.
1: No doubt. It's going to be another – Another heavyweight fight. And, uh, Bubba, thank you so much for your hard work for the show. As always, my friend, the National Super Regional, our coverage. And we'll have coverage, I take it again tomorrow. Right, Bubba?
0: Yeah, uh, stay tuned. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll have – hopefully Evan will be able to join us tomorrow. Uh, today, I, part of that's my fault. Uh, he, he messaged me as soon as the game was over and I had some other stuff going on. I had to help okay. Stacey jump, jump off her car. <laughs> But I didn't get get back to him as quickly as as I wanted to and meant to. But uh, hopefully he'll join us tomorrow. And then we'll also have a surprise for you. Um, We'll have probably tomorrow, but sometime in the near future, uh, we're going to be catching up with Preacher Franklin. He's one of the whistlers there at Vanderbilt. I had a 25-minute conversation with him. Uh, He's a heck of a nice guy. Um, I know some people find the whistling annoying, and uh, that's to, to you know to eat your own there. But uh, he's a, a very nice guy, and uh, look forward to having a conversation with him. He had some tremendous stories about you know his time following bandy to Omaha and other places on the road.
1: Awesome! I look forward to that, and uh, I can't whistle, so I'll leave it to him. Bubba, thank you so much. Thanks to our great guest. Until next time, you've been watching Extra Ending Special Edition. Our super regional coverage right here on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody. Go Pirates. That concludes this week's
0: edition of Extra Innings, presented by Next Level Training Center on the Sports Objective. Join us next Sunday night as we will once again talk East Carolina Pirate Baseball. Be sure to follow the show on social media, at the Sports OBJ on Twitter, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Listen to the show pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. As always, we appreciate you
3: tuning into the show. Go Pirates!